neuroplasticity. <laughs> I even said it correctly. You should be impressed, Ben. Neuroplasticity. Oh, I didn't say it correct. <laughs> say amygdala, Dan. No, I can't even try. I'm liable to say a dirty word accidentally or something. <laughs> so, no, I'm not even going to try that one. We're talking about the mystery of the brain today, how it relates to our mental health, anxiety, or joy. Which do we choose? Mm. My name is Dan. I'm with Ben. We're the teaching pastors at Life Fellowship, and this is Life Talks. And we started an interesting episode in our previous uh, volume in uh, that we were talking about what what happens whenever something startles us, something mm. big happens to us. Do we, do we have flight? Do we have fright? Or do we freeze? What are the pathways that are a part of our grand design and God's construction of our brains? Can they be changed? Does it require some supernatural intervention or is natural pathway of natural uh, responses good enough? Mm. That's where we left off. Ben, we're going to pick up where we left off. Tell yeah. us. How do we go from the fact that on our cul-de-sac, yeah, we have we have we, we have some close dis- neighbors that want to you know keep that amygdala always active. Yes, and, and but so we've decided we're going on to the freeway. Yeah, we want we want to create. Here's and again, here's the beauty of how God's created us. Um, you don't have to, you know, you can cut down those roadways to the HPA, HPA axis. Um, you don't have to live off cortisol. There's actually another. Uh, hormone that your brain produces that is uh, called serotonin. Have you heard of serotonin before? I have heard of serotonin. Serotonin's a very you you want serotonin when you are at the beach and you're and you're sitting there and you are just enjoying life. Your brain is is kicking out some serotonin, man. I mean, it's just like life is good. Serotonin is the the hormone in your brain that that is released to help moderate your mood, moderate your emotions. Um, and the more serotonin your brain is producing, the more you're able to see, hear, um, you know, to intake information and able to say, I think we can handle that. Okay? All right. So, so, so most of us who had, are familiar with the term serotonin yeah. are familiar with it because we've seen ads on TV yeah. that speak, I believe they are SSRI. In- SSRIs and SNRIs. Okay. There's two different drugs that you can take. So that- if that is our point of reference on these, mm-hmm. can you explain to us what those drugs do? Yeah. I mean, I mean, basically what those, again, we're getting into uh, some, some really, what I would call sticky issues. Yes. We are not doctors. We do not play them on TV, <laughs> but we're just trying to give you a basic understanding. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about medication and there are Christians that have a lot of different viewpoints on Christians and taking psychosomatic drugs. Right. And we're not okay. telling you what to believe. We are just telling you this is. I, and I can, and to, I can give you, reference. and I can give you my opinion. Yeah. And it's just my opinion. Exactly. Because if you were to ask my opinion, I would give you my opinion. Okay. Yes. And you could probably, what the biggest thing I will tell every single person listening to me talk about this right now is this. Number one, do your own research. Do your own research. Um, because here's, I'm going to say two things to you. Number one, if you, th- fundamentally, I I believe there are way too many people on drugs than need to be on drugs. I believe that with all my heart. I think way too many people are taking things that they don't need to be taking. Um, but but yes, so so SSRIs, which which basically stand for selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, what they do, and SNRIs are very similar to those. Um, uh, they basically help produce um, a a bioavailable uh, artificial serotonin to your brain. 
And and so one of the things about about that is it's it's kind of feeding your brain serotonin to help kind of pick up your mood. Now, here's one of the things you got to understand about these SSRIs and SNRIs. They will help moderate. And so let's just say on a scale of 1 to 10, right? One is I'm depressed and I hate my life and and nothing and you're hopeless and depressed or anxious or whatever thing. And then 10 is life is great. I I'm I'm just enjoying life to the max. I'm happy, I'm joyful, all that kind of stuff. What SSRIs will do typically is they will help keep you at like a four to five. They will keep you mid-range. Mid-range. They keep you from feeling really bad, but they also keep you from feeling really good. They're they're they are basically holding you in a in a in a place. Now, um, so the reason why I was I say do your research is because I've done I've done my own research on these things, and uh, you know an example of SSRI would be you know Prozac, Zoloft, um, Paxil. Maybe you've heard some of those drug names before. Um, that the they all are. I look at these kind of psychosomatic drugs as I would look at a cast. All right, a cast that you would put on your on your arm, mm-hmm. um, or a band aid. I believe that they they are useful in certain. And for certain um, opportunities for people that really kind of are in a spiral or they are, um, you, you've got to kind of seize the the momentum of of spiraling in other emotionally. Words, you do not have to worry about taking them the rest of your life. Right. I, I, I would say my, my suggestion would be, again, look at it as a cast. Okay. If you broke your leg, you'd put, or broke your arm, you put a cast on to make sure the arm would set set right. Stabilize. Stabilize things. it. Okay. Or a Band-Aid. Just kind of put something on there until that scab heals. One of the things you got to remember, though, is it, it doesn't really help you solve the root issues of the anxiety. Okay. So when people want to be on um, uh, SSRIs for the rest of their life, um, you know, it's it's it would have the same effect of the issue. Okay. So if the brain is a muscle, um, and you don't work out that part of your brain, it's going to get very, it's very Little atrophy. At, I mean, think about the, have you ever put a cast, had ever had a cast in your life? No. You've never had a cast? Nope. Oh, did, Britt, you've had a cast before, right? No. I've had multiple casts on my body. Well, you're kind of clumsy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always do this joke with kids because I broke my, my elbow twice and I broke Ooh. the growth plates on my elbow. And so I always do this trick with kids. I said, I broke my elbow twice. Can you see the difference? <laughs> and I'll hold my one arm out, you know, that's longer, longer than, than the other. other. And I, really, I mean, they don't know I'm just doing a simple trick. They're like, oh my goodness, I didn't even realize that. <laughs> He's a freak. <laughs> <laughs> but- when you put a cast on your leg or on your arm and you keep it there for six weeks, eight weeks, whatever, you take it off, what does that, what does your leg or arm look like? Pale and shriveled. <laughs> it looks pale and shriveled. You're like, what happened? Because you're not using that muscle and the muscle atrophies. And your brain is the same way. Your God, the way God created your brain was actually pr- to produce serotonin. And what again, what we're finding out with science is that Science has proven that there's a way your brain can increase the levels of serotonin naturally. Now, the reason I say do your homework, because many of these drugs that you take, and again, again, I would say do not um, 
don't re- don't don't read the research done by the drug company. Okay, mm-hmm. they're always going to give the you know the best possible shining light on on the, the is the situation. Go to a third party. Um, sometimes FDA has good ones. It's a lot of times, third party you know will do the research. But here's here's a simple reality. A lot of these SSRIs, SNRIs, when you look at the actual research, what they'll say is when when people took this drug. 34% of them, um, you know, it, compared to the placebo, right? Mm-hmm. So some were given a placebo, some were given the actual drug. 37% that took the actual drug improved, uh, you know, in certain certain standards and um, like 17 or 20% improved with the placebo. So what does that tell you? Some of it's all in our mind. Some of it, some of it literally is, it's in your brain, like if you could just train your brain to think, oh, I'm taking something to help me. But th- when I was reading a lot of these details, I was thinking a lot of these drugs that are taking, they're really only effective between, you know, between 25 and 50% of the people that are actually taking them. And the placebo is usually not too far behind in in a lot of the, the improvements. Again, what I'm sharing with you is uh, do your homework. If you get prescribed a drug, find out what the effectiveness rate is of that drug. Find out what the side effects are of that drug. And the other thing I would say is develop a plan to know, say, okay, what am I going to do when I get off of this to make sure that I'm going to build new neuropathways to the part of my brain that, that's in my thinking brain? I'm, so I, I'm going to start doing things that will increase the serotonin in my brain and decrease the cortisol in my brain. There are things that you can do to do that. And so... I, again, I want people to have hope that you don't have to be on a medication for the rest of your life. You just don't. Uh, and the longer you're on a medication, the more that you feel will have to feel dependent upon that med- medication just to feel, you know, like I said, a four or five. So, so with that said, um, there's there's a lot of things that that you can do on, on a just a regular, basic level to to increase serotonin. And do you know what they are, Dan? I've heard that one of them is getting outside. Is that correct? You are ding, 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 ding. Dan, you're so smart. Um, so, so there's actually some things, very natural things that your body can do. And, and again, here's here are some things. I've actually read the research. Again, there's all, if you just go to Google Scholar, you can find the, I mean, so there are thousands, tens of thousands of research studies on all this kind of stuff. It's amazing. But um, I mean, there was one study that was done. That they 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 followed people that just exercised thirty minutes a day to compare to people that took the the prescription medication, and people that just exercised thirty minutes a day did better than the than the group that took the medication. I mean, it just there's proof out there that there's other things that you can do, and that's what I'm trying to say. There's things that you can do. So the first thing I would say is there, and I will go with these in order. The number one thing you can do to help your body produce more serotonin in your brain is to get good sleep. Really? Good sleep. A good night's sleep is one of the most effective things you can do to regulate your regulate your brain. There's a reason why when pe- when you go to um when you're captured and you're a prisoner of war, they will torture you by keeping you awake. Because when you stay awake continually, your brain cannot repair. There's all kinds of um, studies have shown that the repair that happens when you're asleep, especially when you get that REM sleep, is is just dramatic. 
I think I've shared this illustration before. My psychology professor in college, um, he he taught at, at two different universities. He had a private practice, um, was very well known within the Christian uh, psychology uh, world, re- wrote books, wrote articles, did research. I mean, again, just top-notch guy. He, I remember him telling us, he said when, because he practiced a little bit on the, on the college campus when students would come to see him. The first thing he would tell them to do is, I want you to go home and I want you to, or go back to your dorm and I want you to get three nights of eight hours sleep in a row. And he said 80% of the time that that people would do that, if they followed through and said, I got three nights of sleep of eight hours in a row, he said 80% of the time the people would come back and say, I feel great. Hmm. 80%. That's significant. Now, when you think about what we're doing now with our screens, right? We have screens now mm-hmm. by our beds. Mm-hmm. We are we are constantly being activated in our brains to um, to engage in that blue light. Um, sleep is we're seeing it erode in in many ways. We're putting we're putting computers in our bedrooms, our televisions in our bedrooms. Again, we have handheld devices. Um, so sleep is vital. It is vital to make sure that your brain is producing the right chemicals, the serotonin in your brain. The second one is sun. You need sun. You need a, you need you need a lot of sun. That the vitamin D that your body gets from the sun, it actually goes, it travels to your brain and the brain says, I'm happy. That's the reason why when the sun is out, you are happier because the more sun that you have, that you're in and around, the more serotonin your brain will produce. So I'm, you, I'm making a list. <laughs> Number one, take a nap. Number two, move to Florida. <laughs> I'm loving or this. The, or the beach, you know, whatever. <laughs> Um, you need, you need a lot of sun in order, and especially you need a lot during the summer months so that when the winter months come and it gets darker, that your body can store a lot of these, it will store vitamin D. Your body has been proven scientifically will store the vitamin D to help release it when it's, when it's deficient during the winter time. Uh, number three, exercise. Uh Oh, you got it. <laughs> so what are you going to write I down just now, drove Dan? off the cliff there. <laughs> <laughs> Keep writing, Dan. Um, you need a lot of exercise, not a lot, but I would say 30 minutes a day. If you can get your, your blood running 20 to 30 minutes a day, um, or even three times a week, you will see a difference. You will notice a difference in your brain activity. There's been literally thousands of studies that have shown the benefits of physical exercise to mental health. It cannot be, I cannot emphasize that enough. And so um, here, so so when you have a young teenager in your home that is on their screen all night, only getting four hours of sleep, not going outside and laying in bed all day for 12 hours a day, and they're depressed and anxious, you know why. You know why that when, you know, 100 years ago, Dan, when we lived as an agrarian culture primarily, and people are outside most of the day, working in the farm, working outside, sweating, you know, and then going home at night and and going to bed because they were tired. That a hundred years ago, people were a lot happier. A hundred years ago, the mental health was virtually, you know, b- barely ever heard of a lot of mental health crises or issues going on. And so, the way that God has created our bodies to work is to go outside, to be active, to sleep at night. That's really important. Um, we, the the fourth thing, eat properly. Okay, now I'm not a dietitian. I'm not gonna tell you what diet to have because you know if you want to have a that conversation, talk to my wife. She's a health coach. But it has been proven that the more here's what I would say, uh, and again I can 
point you to the studies. If you want me to email them or tell you about them, I can. But um, the more things that you eat that God creates and the less things that you eat that come in a box or a bag, the, the better you will be. Because what happens in the, there's a, actually, there's more neuron, there's more, you know, pathways that go from your brain to your gut. I mean, that's why they, people call the second brain your, the second brain is your gut. And, um, and if the bacteria in your brain is, or the bacteria in your gut is all off and, um, you're eating crappy food all day long, then what's happening is you're, you're not, it's not sending good signals to your brain. It's not activating the serotonin. So the more food you can eat that God made, the less food that you can eat that man makes, the more mental health, uh, serotonin, the more serotonin your brain will produce. Um, the, the fifth one, socialize, be around people you know, hang out. Uh, There's a reason why uh, I did a paper on this last semester that um, the people that attend church more have greater mental health than people who do not attend church. I actually have the studies that prove it. And one of the reasons they're trying to say, what is it? What is it about it? And, And there's a lot of theories to that. All they know is that that's what the, that's what the research shows. Um, but part of it is we are socializing. We're with people and we are singing and we're laughing. And, you know, if you're in that environment, that's fairly, you know, warm and inviting and you're socializing with people. And, and notice I said socializing. That's not the same as interacting with people online. Oh, completely. It's, it's, com- it's not activating that part of your brain that's saying, yes, this is good. I'm enjoying this. So you can be online all day long looking at a screen, talking to people, or doing a lot of things. Texting. It's yeah. not activating the part of your brain that will release and create the serotonin. That's, that's, that's important. You've got to be person to person in a room with other people in order to get the benefit of socialization. Um, and and the, the last one I would say, and this is... Um, been proven is just going for a walk. When you go for a walk, the person that developed the, there is a therapeutic uh, method called EMDR, and it's it's about bilateral stimulus stimulus in the in the right side and left side of your brain. And what this the scientists realize every time I go on a walk, I feel better. What is going on? And they they actually developed the science of what's going on when you're going for a walk and the the parts of your brain that are creating the bilateral stimulus. And so that there's a good thing when you're actually moving, walking, seeing things, engaging in things, you're creating, you know, bilateral stimulus in your brain and you're moving your body and it will help you feel better. And and actually, by the way, the, now, you, now you're in my area <laughs> where I know what I'm talking about. Um, a- academics, ed- educational yeah. people understand the power of that. There's yeah. the Norfolk Institute of Learning Disabilities mm. developed a, a whole process for helping kids with learning disabilities mm. doing bilateral learning. And, and so walking is one. That's why sometimes they even tell you to go back and learn how to crawl mm. because of the left, right, left, right. Mm-hmm. But also journaling, yep. writing, yep. because you're moving from the left side to the right side yep. of your paper, yep. playing sports that require require that like tennis, yes, pickleball, yep, ping pong, yes, those kind of things where you're moving from your left side of your body to your right side of the body, all of those you that you helps. will feel better, yeah. And and so here's you know when I when I say all this, let me just here's the big takeaway I want you I want you to realize, don't wait to feel better before you do these things, do these things so you can feel better. Yeah. There's there's a reality of a lot of times. We get stuck in this thinking of, I just, I don't feel like doing this. I feel depressed. I feel this. And therefore we do what we feel and we just feed the continual monster of 
the neuropathways that are keeping us feeling anxious, feeling depressed, as opposed to saying, I'm going to do something that I do not feel like. I'm going to do something that I'm not emotionally desirous to do. But but I know this, if I do this and if I keep doing this, it will help create the, the chemical God's created me to do these kinds of things so that when I do them, it will help me feel better. Yeah. Well, and and I think if I could give a, a, a challenge here, <clears throat> parents, I hope you're listening to this. You know, one of the things that we're seeing is an explosion in mental health issues, oh. depression, anxiety, yeah. um, and so forth. And all of these areas relate to one thing, the explosion of screen time. Yes. And screen time's related to particularly handheld devices yes. and computers. And iso- which isolates. Yeah. It does all these things. It robs you of sleep. You don't mm-hmm. sleep as well mm-hmm. and you don't sleep as long. Yep. And it and and no sun because You're it's inside. hard to look at a screen yeah. when the sun yeah. is out, right? Yeah. Okay. And then you don't exercise. Nope. And and moving your thumbs, folks, is not exercise, all right? <laughs> right? You don't eat properly. What do you do while you're—I mean, there's literally been guys in Korea that died because of a lack of sleep and, yeah. and lack of eating and so forth and dehydration because they played video games so long. They yeah. literally collapsed yes. and died. Yeah. But you eat snacks. You eat gummy worms and M&Ms. Yeah. Yeah. But you're not eating— Non-processed. I need, foods. I need something quick and easy yeah. and convenient. And, and give me a little jazz. So, yep. so I'll drink a Red Bull. Yep. Yep. All right. And then socializing again, done one on one. You're you're you know whether you're playing video games or you're just cruising social media, Facebook, yeah. or whatever. It's an isolated thing. And then obviously, if you're inside, you're not walking. Yeah. But you. So this this is good parenting. You are a good parent when you say to your eight year old, twelve year old, eighteen year old. Get your butt out of the basement. <laughs> Get out of your bedroom. Go out. My, we're going to do this. I don't care if you feel like it. We're going to do this. And it's interesting because, you know, that was considered good parenting when I was growing up. And yeah. for me, it wasn't screens. And we didn't even have TV enough to be yeah. able to watch it. Yeah. But it was books. Yeah. Or just laying around. Yeah. And my, I can say, my mom would say, go outside and do not come in until. <laughs> we did it. Yeah. We did the same thing with our kids. Like, yeah. we literally be like, you're going outside for an hour and don't come in. And, and usually and the first five minutes, they pout, oh, yeah. this is the worst. But after a while, they're running around laughing, having a yeah. great time. We and- would literally sit on the back stoop and pout for about five <laughs> minutes. Next thing you know, we're building forts. Yeah. So, yeah. so. I, here's what I, I would hope that every single parent or person listening to this that is maybe wrestling with this, what I would say is try these things that the, the way that God has wired us to live. Um, try these first before you would say, man, we've got we've to take that pill. Do, do some things that you would say, we're going to do everything possible um, to, to do things the natural way, and then we'll evaluate. So, so I, I again, I think everything in our in our in, in our core of ourselves is saying, "I want relief. I want relief. I want relief." And and when you go towards the path of relief, you don't go go towards the path of healing, and that is that's the fundamental problem that most of us have. And in our next episode, we're going to start looking now at some of the spiritual implications yeah. and disciplines that come out of this. And folks, I again, we are not doctors. We're not pretending to be doctors, but some of this is common sense. Some of this is rooted in scripture. Mm-hmm. Some of this can be found if you'll just simply research. And the other thing is we just need to do some good old-fashioned self-examination. Yeah. Is there anybody who thinks that sitting with your nose six inches from a screen for hours at a time is good for any aspect of your life? That's right. We are rationalizing our futures away because we will not exercise the self-discipline to make healthy choices. So that's been great, Ben. Thank you so much for sharing this with us. As always, we encourage you to contact us if you have any follow-up questions or ideas
ideas for future episodes by by uh, writing us at lifetalks at lifecharlotte.com. And as always, thank you for joining us and we'll catch you next time here at Life Talks. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well. So leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit lifecharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.